This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following podcast contains explicit language. I finally got my eyes examined at this tiny little place here. And uh-huh. she dilated my eyes and then was horrified that I didn't have sunglasses. She had to give me this like little plastic insert thing that you put behind your glasses. It was so embarrassing. I had to go to the gas station. It was like you and wearing like your grandmother's cataract glasses. <laughs> Sarah, you have got to get sunglasses. You cannot go to Puerto Rico without proper sunglasses. I know. I'll put it's on my to-do list. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in LA slash Minnesota, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Liz. That's me, Liz Craft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. Today, we're going to talk about why it's important to be a yes person. Then we'll share our recent revelation that sometimes you do actually need another cook in the kitchen. In Hits and Bombs, Sarah has a regrets over time wasted bomb, and Liz has a hit for our writer's assistant, Kyra. And this week's Hollywood Hack will keep you cozy and warm. But first, we have an update. After our Volunteers Not Recruits segment a couple weeks ago, we got an extremely on-point and hilarious email (laughs) from Jennifer that we have to share. She wrote, Your discussion of volunteers, not recruits, so reminded me of my mantra that if the answer isn't fuck yes, the answer is no. (laughs) This applies to so many different areas. Dating, you toward them and them toward you, whether to join a new group or club, trying to make new friends, whether to buy a new house or new clothing item, contemplating a new job or project, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, my God. I feel like if I had had this mantra in my life for the last, like, I don't know, 25 years, I could have avoided so many mistakes, like doing things that I'm just like, meh about. But you're like, well, yeah, no, fuck yes, should be what it is. I know, Sarah. I'm just thinking right now I have like six items in my Nordstrom (laughs) rack cart, and I'm like, I'm going to go through each one, and if it is not a fuck yes, it's a no. Yes, on things large and small. This is amazing. Yes. Jennifer, you're a genius. Yes, this is going to be our test for new projects. Absolutely. Okay, Sarah, it is time for From the Treadmill Desk of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. This week, it's... Be a yes person. 
Yes, which is different than being a yes man, right? Like somebody who's a yes man is like, yes, yes, yes. Just saying yes to appease people, no matter what crazy thing they're saying yes to that they really shouldn't be saying yes to. And it's very disingenuous. We are talking about something subtler. It's kind of an approach to the politics of work. Yes, because it can be tricky to say no, depending on who or what you're saying no to. And it can really sour a relationship, a meeting, (laughs) um, a project. And so we have decided that if we can say yes, we are going to say yes. Yeah. For one thing, if you say yes more often, when you say no, it's more meaningful. I mean, this is kind of the um, does it move the needle? It's it's does it move the needle adjacent, this philosophy? Yes. Because when you say no, you want it to actually be a strong no. It's a fuck no, not just a no. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Our other philosophy will be if you're not if it's not a fuck no, it's a yes. Because you don't want to be the person who's just constantly poo-pooing things, who's just like, no, we can't do that. Oh, you want it on that day? No, we can't get it to you that day. Oh, you want that actor? No, I'm sure we can't get that actor. You want to be the person saying yes. Yeah, and there are often political reasons for not saying no. Like, you may think something is not necessarily a good idea, but if someone else thinks it's a good idea, this is a way to sort of maneuver delicately through that situation. Yeah, because to be clear, just because you say yes doesn't mean it might down the road become a no. Exactly. Just food for thought. (laughs) So these are questions to ask yourself before you say no. We have two questions. These are our criteria for no's. (laughs) Is there someone else who can be the bad guy? Meaning, can you be the person who's like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. But somebody else can put the brakes on something. And the second question, will this situation pass without us having to say no? Exactly. There have been times in the past where we dug a political hole for (laughs) ourselves with great consequence by not asking those two questions And probably, you know, we could have just said yes, and the situation would have resolved itself, you know, like a lot of times it may be a budget issue, Mm -hmm. and that will travel down the chain and it will resolve itself. Yes, and you can just avoid having that particular no if you just let the situation pass. So, Liz, you and I have declared ourselves yes people. That's right. And Sarah, I have declared us such yes people that I, for Christmas, I got these sort of round whiteboard sticker decals. Oh, cool. That I have put up on the wall by my desk. I got three big kind of bubbles. And in one of them, I have written, we are yes people, exclamation (laughs) mark. And I look at that before we have meetings and often during meetings. (laughs) If I'm tempted to say no, I look at that and then I go, yes, we can do that. (laughs) So we will let you know as we move forward how this goes. We'll report back. I think it will be a really good thing. I think it'll be a very positive change. Well, and I think it makes everyone more happy. I think it's going to make everything more fun and happy. I think it'll make us happier in Hollywood. Who doesn't like hearing yes? (laughs) 
Next up, we have changed our tune on more cooks in the kitchen. But first, this break. Okay, Liz, it's time for Take a Hike, where we talk about physical, spiritual, and mental health. And this week, it is mental health. So we have recently realized that it is not always bad to have another cook in the kitchen. Yes, we all know that having too many cooks in the kitchen is problematic. Mm. But since the opposite of great truth is often also true, (laughs) sometimes we need another cook in the kitchen. And this is like a recent epiphany. Yes. So we should talk about how this applies to what we're doing right now, literally like every day in this very moment. Yes. Which, in case anyone doesn't know, we should say we're rebooting the iconic Fantasy Island for Fox. Yay. Um, So as showrunners, we really tend to be more resistant to adding more voices and adding more layers to a project. Because every project has usually a significant number of voices and layers already. So we're like, all right, wherever we are, that's enough. Another voice, another layer means more notes, more discussion, more phone calls. But Liz, recently we have changed our tune. Yes. We talked to a woman, we had a Zoom with a woman about joining Fantasy Island as a non-writing EP who would indeed be another cook in our kitchen. She would be a big cook in the kitchen, (laughs) not just sprinkling on salt. And she is someone who has worked a lot in Puerto Rico where we're going to shoot Fantasy Island on shows that had a similar budget to ours. And we realized within about three minutes of talking to this woman that she would make our lives and the show so much better. And we hung up and had this, oh my God, we need another layer. We do need this person. We will accept more notes, more phone calls, more discussion, because this cook is going to add so much to our show. Yes. Uh, It was, again, like a real reversal from every position we've ever held on this. But it was so clear. Oh, yes. We were like, we don't need another person. Yes. No, we don't need this. That will do that. That's our job. But yes, it was so clear. Yeah, it's it was a lesson to us. Once again, it's one of those lessons that you learn repeatedly. But it was a lesson to us to be open And to remember that every situation is different and not just go with our knee-jerk reaction. And once again, to take the meeting. We've talked about how important that is. And, you know, as soon as we had that meeting, it was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, to tie it all together, Sarah, had we not had our new position of being yes people, we very well might have just kept fighting this whole notion. Yeah. But now that we're yes people, when someone said, I really think this will help you, I'd love for you to talk to this person, I'd love for you to consider it, you don't have to say, you know, this isn't like written in stone, but I'd love for you to go down the road, we said, yes, we will go down that road, because we could tell that it was important to everyone that we do so. And you know what? They were right. They were right. And now we have another cook in the kitchen, and we could not be happier. (laughs) Exactly. We're just stirring the pot. Everybody's (laughs) going to have a big spoon stirring the pot. (laughs) Hopefully a nice souffle will come out. Yeah. 
Okay, Sarah, it is time for hits and bombs because Hollywood is all about big hits and big bombs. And I am going to start today by giving a hit on behalf of both of us. Yes. We are giving a hit to our new writer's assistant, Kyra Bennett. Um, This is Kyra's first time doing the job of being a writer's assistant. And she is doing a fantastic job taking notes for us that are incredibly useful, which is not easy. No, the writer's assistant job is an incredibly difficult job. And it's it's one, Liz, that you have very, very strong opinions about. Do you want to go into your, it's not a diatribe, but your feelings about <laughs> what the notes should look like in the writer's room? Yes. And I will say, I think it's useful to anyone who has to take notes, not just in a writer's room. I think this applies to anyone taking notes in any sort of meeting. So I don't mind going off a little bit about it. (laughs) Okay. Well, in note taking, in general, there has been a trend toward just transcribing every single word everybody says, and then like sending out a 30 page note document. Okay. This is not helpful. What is helpful is when someone listens to the conversation, can tell what lands. Like we go through so many ideas and pitches in the writer's room, but usually like certain things land and it's usually, if you can pay attention, clear when something lands. Yeah. So what's really helpful is when the writer's assistant, and I, again, would say anyone taking notes, just puts in the notes the things that land or possibilities that seem like, well, let's revisit that. And what Kyra has been great at doing, I guess, just because she's smart and has good instincts. And obviously I did, we did give her this (laughs) tutorial before she started is she's really good at boiling down what we've talked about labeling it so that you know what the notes are like, oh, this is about this fantasy and this fantasy and here's the date. And then the different points that we wanted to make that. So when you read it, it brings back the conversation or like there are times when you and I can't be in the writer's room because we have to do production meetings. And at that point, we can read the notes and actually get a good sense of what was discussed in the room, which is incredibly valuable for us and for anybody who misses the room for whatever reason. Yeah, notes can be just so overwhelming. And her notes are just like her bolding is on point. Like, I know that I can open her notes. She bolds the right things. I can open her notes and there'll be like a glossary at the top that says like, these are the topics. These are the fantasies that were discussed today. And then you go through and it's all just so clear. Nothing is muddled. It's so hard to pay attention at that level and not just become a transcriber. So again, especially because this is her first time doing this job, It's extraordinary. And it's on Zoom. Yes. (laughs) And one thing most, if not 100% of writer's assistants want to be writers. So one thing is when you're just transcribing, it's really hard to absorb the actual content of the conversation. You're just transcribing. But I think Kyra, because she is not just doing that, she's able to actually follow the conversation, process what's being said, and then contribute, which is, of course, why she's there is because she wants to contribute. 
um, and wants to be a part of things. So I would say for just all people out there in this position, you're much better off actually processing what's happening and not just transcribing. Yeah. Unless that's what you're told to do, of course. But I don't know who wants that. It's just, to me, it's bonkers when I read transcribed <laughs> notes. I'm with you. I don't want to read 30 pages of notes. I will never do that. I have never once done that. So sorry to all those people out there who so carefully were transcribing <laughs> 30 pages of notes only to have everybody completely ignore them, <laughs> which has happened many, many times. Many times. Anyway, great job, Kyra. Big hit to you. Um, okay, Sarah, what is your bomb? Okay, so I have realized since we inaugurated a new president that I lost way too many hours of my life to the chaos of the last four years. And now this is a political segment, which I have to say I hesitated talking about. We were like, should I do that? But I actually think that this is also true for people who were fans of the previous president, as well as for people like me who are not. Like, I think this is, in a way, universal for anyone who engages in politics at all. Or watches news. Yes, or watches news. Um, the, the chaos of the last four years just has taken up way too much of our time and our energy. And, like, in the last few weeks, I am calmer. I'm less stressed, I'm eating better, and suddenly I have like hours available to me that I did not have before because I'm not obsessed with the news, I'm not doom scrolling, I'm not just generally upset and stressed. Yeah, and Sarah, the thing is, it's not like, and hey, I'm right there with you, okay, so I gotta <laughs> share this bomb with you. It's not as if all that time we spent, I mean, also not just watching news and doom scrolling, but talking to each other. I mean, yes. we wasted a lot of time on yes. subjects because <laughs> we could have been like talking about various projects or even, you know, just chatting. It's not like it did any good. Like right. it would be one thing if all of this time we spent did something good, but all it did was like get us all riled up, get our adrenaline pumping, uh, give us a headache, keep us up at night. And again, not to say we don't want to be informed and right. of course and care, but like we were doing, and my sister, by the way, spent four years telling me not to do this. <laughs> of course. Gretchen is all about don't just like popcorn news, you know, don't just watch the news, whatever the news is, you know, yeah. I mean, even I do this with COVID. I just watch and watch and watch and watch. And I'm like, it's history. I have to be a witness to every second of what is going on with the pandemic <laughs> right. because it's history. But I mean, I could spend like two hours less a day and still know exactly what's going on with COVID. No, exactly. It becomes a hobby. Like this yes. consumption has become a hobby, but a very, very unpleasant, unproductive hobby. Like hobbies should be things that make yes. your life better. And all of that time was spent on something that did not make my life better. And I just want to remind myself, like you said, we can be active participants in our democracy and like in making the world a better place without making ourselves crazy. Like, really, all we needed to do was be politically active and vote. We didn't have to engage in all the crazy. Yeah. 
And you know what, Sarah, I have been doing the last few weeks instead of this is reading. I mean, I have been reading, even though we're running this show, which is like all consuming, I have spent more of my downtime, what I have reading books. And like, it is the greatest feeling. Like I actually wake up in a better mood because I've been reading and it makes me, I don't know, happy, I guess. No, I'm. it's funny. I'm doing the same. Like, I'm finally reading how to be an anti-racist. And like in the morning when I wake up, ah. I just like laze about. Violet and I hang about and chat, which we did. But now it's just so much more calm and peaceful. It just bums me out that yeah. I engaged in so much of the unpleasantness. Well, when we find ourselves falling back into this, because things will happen that draw us in, let's yes. let's listen to this episode and the bomb <laughs> and do better. Yes, absolutely. Okay, coming up, we have got a cozy and stylish Hollywood hack, but first this break. Okay, Liz. It is time for this week's Hollywood hack, which I have to say is one of my favorite Hollywood hacks ever. <laughs> okay. Giant hoodies. Could there be anything better than giant hoodies? <laughs> and Sarah, you discovered <laughs> giant hoodies because they were on Oprah's favorite things list this year. So these are Oprah approved. It's not just us. <laughs> it's Oprah. Yes. And they are exactly what they sound like. They're giant and they're hoodies. And when we say giant, we mean giant. They come in one size for adults and one size for children. I haven't gotten one for Violet yet, but it's it's on the agenda. And they're so cozy. They're the perfect weight. They have a ton of different styles with cute sayings on them. So you can kind of get whatever appeals to your personality. I have one that says low key, which I'm generally not, but I'm trying to be more. So I feel like if yes. I wear the Loki sweatshirt, <laughs> I'll like just like yeah. chill out. <laughs> and Sarah, I got you a red tie-dye one for Christmas because now I feel like society dictates that everything has to be tie-dyed. Of course. And then I couldn't resist. I got myself a yellow one with a butterfly on it because my word of the year is butterfly. And it's so cute. You were wearing it on Zoom the other day. And it's just yes. makes me happy. And the, they're also, this is very important as well, they're affordable. They're like $50. And what I love about them yeah. is I can wear mine here in Minnesota. You can wear yours in Los Angeles. You can wear them no matter kind of what climate you're in. They're sort of like the traveling pants, you know, the sisterhood <laughs> of the traveling pants where the jeans look good on everyone, like yes. giant hoodies. Yes, you can wear in any circumstance and they sort of like make an outfit and they're the perfect weight. I just love not having to pick the size. I know. I you just so get much one. Of my life agonizing over sizes. Yeah, you just get it and put it on and there you go. Yeah. And they have great colors. Like the yellow I have is not like a garish yellow. It's just a yeah. wonderful kind of mustard, but not. Anyway, it's a gr they're great. They really so are. So we will put a link in the show notes so you can get your own giant hoodie. Sarah, maybe that's a merch opportunity for us. We should make Happy oh! Hollywood giant hoodies. Oh, I love that. I don't know if they do um, custom stuff, but we will find out. Okay, and that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. For questions and comments, 
Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Let us know if, for example, you would like a Happier in Hollywood giant hoodie. Uh, Thanks for listening. And please subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, king of remote recording. And thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Listen to the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, Do the Thing with Whole 30s, Melissa Urban, and Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at SFain and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. And we are yes people. <laughs> deeper than vibration alone. Liz, I walked 18,000 miles on my treadmill desk yesterday, and I was so happy to have my Theragun at the <laughs> end of the day. Theragun Okay, I'll just go to just call the action. Call the action. Okay. Hey, Sarah. Yeah. You you must be really sore after eighteen thousand miles. Oh, oh my god. Miles. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't even notice that. I know. I'm very sore. Okay. From the Onward Project.